your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Like the guy said, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text. Let me turn that on. Let me turn the phone mic on. Hi, Adam is with me. Adam Murphy, our our failed repo- no, failed Democratic <laughs> Senate candidate in for in Wisconsin, US Senate candidate. Also my I didn't write any of this down now, Adam, but he's my political oh. blowhard. He runs, let's see, Big Bang LLC out of Milwaukee. It's a it's a tech company. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, we're a small software company. I mean, how how into tech are you right now? Because I, I I didn't throw any of this at you, but I mean, Chat GPT. Are you reading about this? Oh well, I'm. I, it's really interesting for me because I'm still in college, right? I'm I'm. I've we've talked about this. I, I went back to school when I uh, decided to run, earned degrees in economics and political science. I'm doing my master's right now in, in economics, and this. Uh, this thing is capable now. It's at the point of being able to write term papers for college grad students. Yeah, let me just That's let how... me just say what it is. Uh, Chat GPT. Yeah. It's not. It's kind of. It's, it doesn't flow very well. They should have came up with a better name. Uh, it's just. It's basically artificial intelligence, and it's it's going to take over the world. It's uh, Terminator. Uh, what's the, the what's the '80s movie where all the machines come alive? Like the soda machine will start shooting. So does that you and all the cars come alive? God, what was that movie called? Right, the the, the Matthew Broderick, the Matthew Broderick one, uh, War Games. Yeah. Oh, and War Games. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is all I feel, and and you can read articles about some scientists going, "Yeah, I'm worried about what we're doing here." Uh, when when the AI just becomes sentient, essentially, but Chat GPT is uh, is writing papers for students right now. And I was going to have the teachers' union president on today from La Crosse School District, but he had a meeting to go to last minute. So then I, uh, Adam, Adam Murphy's he's in the bullpen all the time. He's all he's ready to go for some reason. He doesn't have to warm up. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe you did have to warm up. You might just give up nine runs in the first inning here. We'll see, Adam. I'll try not to. Right, right. well, um, and then Rick throws chat GPT at you, but then all of a sudden you have this perspective you're actually talking about in class. Your professors are probably worried. Hey, guys, don't use the AI to write your term papers. I'm going to figure it out. Well, and that's and that's just it, because right there was always a concern over plagiarism. And... Um, when it, when it came to plagiarism, there's software out there that both students, first of all, can and should use, uh, but the teachers can use as well, where you can take your paper, throw it in there, and it will scan across um, you know, books and articles and, and magazines and whatever and tell you if you're plagiarizing um, or if your student has plagiarized. <laughs> so okay. that's really, really beneficial. Chat GPT... Uh, and and these artificial intelligence programs, what they're capable of doing is truly creating, um, and and it, it's based on you know their the, the artificial intelligence ability to read, of course, is millions of words a second. So its capacity to process information is absolutely stunning, um, and so yes, yeah, so there was there was one uh, I literally I just saw this earlier today. Uh, it was a final exam question for an, uh, uh, an MBA class, uh, 
and uh, the professor uh, rated it that he would have he would have given the paper a B if it had been yeah I saw that in, and it was completely created by ChatGPT. I'm trying to find one of these now because I was as you're talking here I'm trying and I did, I just I haven't ever tried to use it. I remember somebody just showing it me it, it to me one day and then doing their own thing but you can kind of ask it like I could do like what would be a good radio talk show for on politics and it would it would probably you know and, and it would write a paragraph about what we should be talking about um maybe during the break and, and it could <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it could pull up data based on. I was going to say, it could pull up data, and this is this is the fascinating thing is, you know, w- where artificial comes or intelligence comes into play, and where it's really fascinating and, and amazing for things like medicine, um, where it doesn't have a bias unless there's a human programmed bias, and that's the big concern with artificial intelligence, of course. But there's no inherent bias. Let me put it that way, and so when when we're talking medicine, for example, a physician knows what he knows, right? He, he might have uh, learned new stuff and, and he's uh, going to conferences and whatever, but, but his capacity or her capacity for knowledge is limited. And so when that physician looks at a patient and sees certain symptoms, we, we make that connection of, well, I know of these things and, and that follows into this diagnosis. Artificial intelligence, first of all, is so much more vast and so much faster, but also sees connections that we don't that, that we don't even know about, and that's where it's really really exciting and really interesting. Where uh, you know, for weather, uh, like except for medicine, so many different areas where we we look for a connection that makes sense to us. This just looks for connection. Um, and then from there, then we interpret that connection. Uh, so it's a very very different way of of thinking and understanding and interpreting things. I, I think it's really, really cool. Does it have potential to be a problem? Sure. Um, but boy, I, I, as a tech guy, as a geek, I, I think it's really, really fascinating. I mean, when you watch iRobot, you go, no, it's not going to be that. Do you remember iRobot with Will Smith? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> um, I sincerely hope that Isaac Asimov's first three laws of robotics come into play, which is, you know, do no harm. Um, of course, that always gets perverted into... Uh, well, what does that actually mean? And, uh, you know, if humanity is going to harm itself, then is the artificial intelligence better off wiping out humanity? Because that's <laughs> how you stop humanity from hurting itself. Right. Uh, that's, that's, that's how all those movies go, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the, the programming, right? The, the human bias is the concern with artificial intelligence, is who is programming it and how, how are we teaching it to interpret Um and so, um, do you remember, here is a weird example, but, uh, so speaking movies, um, The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. Yeah, I can sing that song <laughs> that weird lady sings. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the blue lady? Yeah. Um, so, the, um, and I forget the actress's name, but anyway, the, the female character, at one point in time, she's, uh, she's online and she's going through everything, and then eventually she gets to, to war, right? And, and she starts to cry as she's seeing all of these, um, uh, everything that she's learning about war uh, from Yeah, Mila, Mila Jovovich. There you go, there you go. And that's the same thing, is that what we feed it uh, determines what's going to come out of it. So there are a lot of uh, AI experiments where, you know, they're having to create, uh, write a poem or prose or, you know, uh, an article or book or whatever. But what you feed it 
determines what it spits out. I feel like the, and yeah. I, we got to go to break here, but I feel like what's going to happen yep. is we're going to have to, as we have a mental health crisis in the United States, the AI is also going to get a mental health crisis because it's going to read all this bad news and everything's <laughs> bad happening, and then the AI is going to become depressed is what's going to happen. Uh, Adam Murphy, he's the owner of Big Bang LLC over in Milwaukee, uh, our failed U.S. Senate candidate in Wisconsin uh, for the <laughs> Democrats and, and our political blowhard. When we come back, I'm going to get his uh, order of the Terminator movie series as we have uh, chat GPT about to take over and AI about to take over the world. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk text line. If you got questions for Adam Murphy, he'll be glad to answer them. If you want to call, if you want to text, that'd be great. 608-785-7914. All right, Stone Temple Pilots, get out of here. Uh, we were talking about chatbot. We we teased that Adam's going to break down his uh, his Terminator. I, I guess maybe we could just say your favorite Terminator movie is the the you, you have. Re- it feels like recency bias here, Adam. I, I, I'm sure that I do. I'm sure that I do. But I love Dark Fate. I loved it, so that's the most recent one that came out. And I had Linda Hamilton come back. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is an old Terminator. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I actually really really enjoyed it. Uh, but you know, I'm old school. I, I was, uh, you know, born in the, the era where you know Terminator came out, and and I, you know that, that that first one obviously made such a huge impact on on all of us. And I think that's the case for so many of those first movies, right? The Matrix and, and all that. Yeah, and we're we're talking about this because AI is is coming into the news a little bit. Adam's kind of a tech geek, so I, I all the game planning we did for the show, I didn't throw any of this at you. And now the whole show is going to be about tech, which is fine. Um, and, and Terminator obviously is kind of maybe the, yeah, like you said, kind of the first movie where the machines take over Terminator being 1984. Uh, I'm sure I'm still trying to think of that movie that, that were the cars, all the, essentially all the machines in the world just turn on humans and all, you know, all I remember is like the cars chasing people and, and chainsaws and lawnmowers going after people. It was a little bit, a little bit beyond uh, you know, like a little bit before, like the the sentient beings that we have now that that where robots can come. But uh, Terminator Salvation, that's my favorite, and that one's got the least amount of Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. So I don't know why that is, but that's that's the Christian Bale Terminator. That's right in the middle. So, um, but and Terminator Two is the one where the the dude can melt himself into essentially like solder right uh and we've and and i've seen that too now we have robots that can escape they can they can turn themselves into solder apparently and 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 escape places so now we've we've created ai and now we've created the robot that can escape uh its cell so i don't know what we're doing what it's gonna be we're we're on the verge of the end I, I think we've been proving for a long, long time that we're not necessarily the brightest uh, uh, planet. So, you know, if we go back to Douglas Adams, it's the dolphins and the mice. But, um, yeah, it's uh, the the um, robot melting its way through the bars, right, that they've just come out with, which is all magnetics and, and stuff, which is cool. And, um, you know, like we were talking, I'm, I'm a geek, so I'm into the Star Treks and stuff. And uh, the most recent Star Trek Discovery series, all of their, their ships can completely reconfigure on the fly. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's always fun for me, I think, to see where science fiction leads us and, and when we eventually start to catch up, uh, with science fiction and we've done it in so many, so many scenarios where you look back at, you know, things that scanning the human body back in Star Trek with their tricorder. Well, 
we don't quite have tricorders now, but uh, you know, we we can do pretty uh, pretty in depth scans of people now. So I I think it's awesome and fascinating. But I, I'm an optimist that way, not a not a pessimist. Maximum Overdrive. That's the movie. You remember Maximum wow. Overdrive, 1986? Right. It came out after Terminator, so it's a Stephen King book. So, but it's, I only watch a movie, of course, because I'm not reading. Um, the 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 if if we stick with movies, the the sci-fi interpretation of where the world is going. Do you you know the Matt Damon movie Elys- Elysium? Have you seen that one? Where where everybody lives on a halo? All the rich people live on a halo above the earth, and all the poor people just live on Earth. Yep. That one's that one's just interesting because it's just about universal health care. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and it's so much a, a reflection. And obviously, that's what the movie is based on. Same thing with things like um, uh, the recent one, Don't Look Up, um, with, um, you know, with the, the meteor coming to crash into the planet. Um, oh, you don't even want to know what's going to ha- Adam, you don't even want to know what's going to happen at 627 tonight. Do, do, do you know this? Do you know what's going to happen? No, what's happening? <laughs> At 6.27 p.m. today, I, I changed the time in the AP story to be so literally an hour and four minutes from now. An asteroid the size of a delivery truck, truck will whip past Earth, one of the closest such encounters ever recorded. NASA insists it will be a near miss with no chance of the asteroid hitting Earth. NASA said yesterday that this newly discovered asteroid will zoom 2,200 miles above the southern tip of South America, that's 10 times closer than the bevy of communication satellites circling overhead. So it might clip some satellites oh. on the way around Earth. This asteroid that's... Wow. Just, and, and of course, like, you know, of course, a, a, an AP story, a U.S.-based story, they can't tell us how big the asteroid is in, in terms of inches or feet or meters or... They got to go the size of a delivery truck. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Well, that's because that's all we know now, right? Amazon shows up, your packages arrive, we all know how big that delivery truck is, and there well, you go. Well, then just <laughs> just do it the size of the Amazon Prime truck. <laughs> just and just go all Perfect. in. Don't even give us any other company. Just Amazon Prime truck's going to zoom by the southern tip of South America. It's going to come closer than satellites that we have orbiting the Earth. So it will be interesting if it hits some of these satellites, I guess. Um, apparently, it's um, not going yeah, to. Uh, even if it, if, apparently, even if it hit the atmosphere, it wouldn't do any. Di- like, there's no what deep impact or the, what's the, what's the other one with? Uh, geez, I, I forgot the oh, more Bruce pop. Willis? Yeah, the Bruce Willis movie. I just forgot all of that. Um, whatever that one is, this, the, the meteor it would it apparently would just dissolve in the atmosphere, burn up in the atmosphere. So yeah. anyway, I, I overtook your whole point about about. Uh, <laughs> Whatever it was about meteors. <laughs> it's all right. This is that's the way that this show is going to go today. We understand. Yeah, maximum um, overdrive. That's what I was saying. Maximum overdrive. No, that's my last thought there. Uh, um, all right, let's move on a little bit because we're we're just talking nonsense. Um, you 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 sent me this article, and this is something that I crow is crowing. Am I crowing about this? Uh, uh, inflation versus corporate greed. Right? Is that me crowing all the time? Yep. I say this all the time. Uh, we've talked about it. Yeah. So, and I don't know if crowing is the right word. Crows are pretty smart, and I don't know if I am. Um, but, but I, I, br- I bring this up all the time. Like corporations are making record profits, and also we have they blame inflation or they use inflation to jack up prices. And we're we're seeing this with the price of eggs. I talked about this a little bit yesterday with the price of eggs. Now this is the newest one. We're 
we're we're calling on some people are calling on Congress to you know look into price gouging eggs, egg price gouging, and uh, the Senate has decided to take up Ticketmaster as a as a monopoly because maybe it's more popular because they get Taylor maybe they can get Taylor Swift in the Senate because they're all Swifties I don't know. Uh, but we don't do the, any of these other companies. Well, the latest news is Chevron announces $75 billion in stock buyback. Uh, as they, I, I'm sure they're making Chevron's market cap was roughly $350 billion West Wednesday. I don't really know what market cap is, but they're making record profits too, right? And now they're just buying back all their stocks. Right. So so market cap is the price of their, their stock shares times the number of stocks that are out there. So basically, what does the market think Chevron is worth? Okay, yeah. Our stock, so three hundred fifty billion, right? So they are conceptually. So it doesn't mean that they're doing sales of three hundred fifty billion, right? It's just what we what we're valuing their stock as. They've announced, um, yeah, a seventy five billion dollar stock buyback. So that's basically oh, somewhere over twenty percent of the current value of their stock. They're going to buy back. That's how much additional revenue they've they've got on hand. Right. And, and of course, it's not all going to be at one time. It's over the course of several years. But that's based on their forecast and projections for profitability. So their third quarter profits, and, and I think we may have talked about this, third quarter profits uh, this past year, so ending in, um, uh, in September, were record for the oil industry. Uh, Chevron had $11.2 billion in profit that quarter. Exxon had $19.7 billion in profit. Um, and that's all basically based off of uh, oil prices, right, and gas prices, uh, as well as natural gas, because a lot of these uh, companies, of, of course, are in the natural gas industry. And natural gas is continuing to grow and expand globally. And, of course, Russia is still an issue, um, uh, you know, and they're cutting off uh, or, or uh, the European Union putting caps on Russian oil prices and uh, trying to get away from Russian natural gas. So that's messing with the entire global market overall. But, yeah, these companies, uh, their fourth quarter profits, uh, Exxon's profit fell from $19.7 billion to $15.4 billion. Oh, gee. Um, and Chevron dropped from, like, $11.2 billion to, I think I saw it was, like, $9 billion or something along those lines. But they're buying back, Chevron's buying back $75 billion worth of stocks, so 20% of its value. And it gets to use that as, right, it doesn't actually cost them anything, is... Uh, of course, the money's going out, but they're getting that asset and that value for it. And they only do that when they expect their stock prices to continue to increase. So I want I want your listeners to think about what that means. So they've had record profitability for the last year to year and a half. We're seeing uh, gas prices go up again. I'm sure that you guys are. So like here in Milwaukee, we had gotten down to maybe 259 a gallon, I want to say, 269, something more in that range. And we're back up today to like 329. Now oil prices had dropped to 70 dollars a barrel, and they're back up around 80. But that's where OPEC wants them, uh, and OPEC has cut production so that that raises oil prices around the world, um, and and consequently our gas prices. But these guys are making massive amounts of profit to the point where they're looking at buying back 75 billion dollars, 20 percent of their own stock, which they believe will continue to grow in value. That's why you buy it. Right? If if they thought that their stock prices were going to drop, they wouldn't buy their stocks. So think about what that means. That means that they're anticipating greater sales, higher prices, um, and more profitability. 
So this doesn't have anything to do. Right? I've we've we've laughed over the idea of uh, you know it's, it's it's Biden's inflation that's raising oil prices. If we're blaming Biden, then the Republicans should be thrilled with this because this is the ultimate in capitalism that he's apparently promoting. In that these companies are making literally tens, if not into the hundreds of billions of dollars of profit. Uh, and so none of this, of course, has anything to do with Biden's policies. None of this has anything to do, uh, you know, with, with politics. It all has to do with uh, U.S. is at record uh, production levels or near record uh, oil production levels. So we've had the biggest increase uh, for, for global oil production. We're at 11.7 million barrels a day. Um, so for those that are saying, why aren't we producing more? We are. We're, we're near our record high and continuing to increase production. Um, but all of these companies are making record profits, and they expect that to continue. So think about that next time you're talking about oil and gas prices. Yeah, or next time you're thinking about buying your next car. Like, where do you want, you know, like uh, the the next step of this is, is how, how much our electricity price is going to go up because it's not like they're not going up as well. So 608-785-7914, right. that's Adam Murphy. All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Adam Murphy, the owner of Big Bang LLC. He's our political blowhard joining me this hour. I brought him in as a, he, I don't know if you're a righty or a lefty. He's our, he, calling him out of the bolt, Ben, because Jesse Martinez, the teachers union president, uh, had to go to a meeting. So we'll try to have Martinez on uh, hopefully early next week. Martinez doesn't know this, but uh, that's my plan. Uh, our teachers union president, he's a he's a teacher in town, Adam, never has been given, I think, eight years in the classroom, zero apples on his desk in the morning. Oh, well, that's a tragedy. Nobody's brought him an apple. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe kids don't even know that that was at one point in time a thing, like you bring the teacher an apple. Although now it's now we're in a world where the teachers need to bring the students apples because they, they're in like... Uh, lacrosse school districts like fourteen thousand dollars in lunch debt already, and it's uh, it's January, <laughs> so since the school year wow. started, so one semester fourteen thousand dollars in lunch debt. It's something that you know, as a senator, you know, if you, this is probably one of the big issues that we could be solving right now. Is we did solve it for a couple months, and then we just let it go. This the the idea that we right. will and- feed children. Which is just baffling. And, and, you know, last time I was on, you and I talked a little bit about the, the $6.2, $6.4 billion state uh, surplus. Yeah, it's right. uh, that's seven the point, thing that it could go to. It's at 7.1 now. <laughs> that was the story oh, yesterday. Up, I, it, yeah. Right. And so, and I had, I had texted you. You had asked me, you know, what should it go towards? And, and that's a great example, right? It should go to feeding kids. And in the grand scheme, and, and here's why. It's better... For kids, it's better for their education. Well, when, which leads to so many other things. When we talked about this, I I kind of got the feeling that you thought maybe it shouldn't go to feeding kids because, well, this, I guess maybe this is everything. I think I feel like I came away from that conversation saying we should use our what is it now? Let me find the seven billion dollar, seven point one billion dollar deficit or budget surplus. And you were kind of saying we should do stuff that's infrastructure, that's like a one-time... We should, right. Because feeding kids would not be a one-time thing. The kids would all get fed this round, and then once the billion-dollar surplus is gone, then then the arguments are like, well, how are we going to pay for it going down the road, right? Like, we'd have to figure it out. 
uh, because that's what the the well, federal it, government did, right? They they fed the kids for a little while and then they didn't kind of enact it to continue, <laughs> which means the kids don't get wait fed. It, wait it, wait it, wait it, wait it. Call me out. I love it because um, you're absolutely right. I did say that, and and because I'm looking at it as a surplus now, the surplus is continuing to grow, and so we just saw um, in fourth quarter uh, for the U.S. 2.6 percent GDP growth. So. We've, we've come out of that, and I won't even call it a recession because it wasn't a recession, but we had some slow growth. But if you remember, what I talked about was that the, the big part of the, the surplus that we've got for Wisconsin is coming from two areas, and it's not coming from people's wages and incomes. We're not raising those income taxes and stuff. That's, it's a small portion. Um, but it's coming from corporate profits, right, which gets back to the topic that we were talking about of Chevron and Exxon and, and that sort of thing. So it's massive corporate profits. And then, of course, sales tax, because there's massive purchasing, which is driving those corporate profits. So the question becomes, if we're on this track and, like, GDP growth in the United States classically, historically, for the last 40, 50, 60 years has been about 3%, right, 2 to 3%. So if we're back to the, back to the norm, then this budget surplus that we've got is now the new norm, going forward, right? Because it's continued to grow and it's continued to expand. And so this tells us a couple things. First of all, we've got an immediate surplus that we can deal with, and that's where the infrastructure stuff comes into play, is we've got a large amount, what do we do with it? And, and I, uh, I sent you a message, I said one of the things that should be done with it is to fix the, the state unemployment system, which is hardware and software that's about 40 to 60 years old and was a huge problem when we, when we had uh, the COVID unemployment problem. Um, and and all of our government uh, reps uh, in the in the state know that we need to fix it, and it, they also know that it's going to cost tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to replace, and nobody's been willing to do it. So that's where it should go. But mm-hmm. as this surplus continues to grow, now we we need to understand that okay, we can look at reducing taxes and stuff like that, or we can look at doing stuff like feeding kids. So Julian Bradley is the state senator uh, that I ran against back in 2020, and he just posted today how he supports back the badge and 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 yeah, he's and, from know, in blue line and all that. He he was he was a rep here, right. I believe. He was in the cross for a while. Right, right. And you know, he talked about we need to put you know give more money and more resources to uh, um, to the police forces. And I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I don't have an opinion on it one way or another because I haven't delved into the numbers of it. But what I can tell you, and his point was, it'll help them fight crime. My point is, is that when we look at any study associated with police and associated with crime, increasing the number of police officers doesn't decrease the amount of crime. What decreases crime is opportunity, education, and health, which means better jobs that pay better. It means being healthy so that you can go work. And it means being better educated. To be better educated for kids also means being well-fed. So I'm going to roll this all back to where we started, is if we turn around and we want to look at long-term impacts rather than short-term political impacts that make for great memes and and get everybody all riled up to, to go vote, if we actually want to try to solve some of these problems and actually really and truly address them, okay, then education, food, health, all of those are keys not only to people's success, but also to reducing crime, which makes it easier for our police forces to do their job, which I think should be our goal. So I think we've got 
I, I, the way that it looks, right, there's a lot of economists that are forecasting that we're going to have a recession. That may or may not be the case with, with the Fed increasing interest rates, um, right? There are going to be a handful that are afterwards are going to say, I predicted this, right? But quite frankly, as economists, we're never great at forecasting because it's always human reality. And there's uh, outside factors. Nobody expected Russia uh, two years ago. Nobody expected COVID three years ago. So other things come into play. Well, when you when you but were first running for if, when you were first running for Senate, um, in well, you just tell me didn't didn't you say like back in January or before before a year ago, a little before a year ago? At, at some point, the prediction wasn't seven billion dollars in budget surplus. The prediction was we were going to have a budget deficit. I don't know what the timeline there, but it went yeah. from like budget deficit to I remember the first numbers were like three billion in budget surplus, and then it was five, and now it, and then it was six point six, and now it's seven point one, and that's billions. So it's like we're kind of way yeah. off in twelve then- months. And that's just Wisconsin. So the two the two billion dollar budget deficit, or two two point two. That's when I ran in twenty twenty for Wisconsin State Senate, so not okay. the U.S. Senate race. Um, so that was just during COVID, right? COVID had just hit. Yeah. Um, I think my interview was with the Wisconsin Eye, and it was probably in August. So if you remember back there, COVID started hit in March, and uh, everything crashed. You know, April, May. Well, and um, I would say, summer, right? and I would say late August, if I remember right, because I was doing these numbers of COVID cases in the county. Right when college students came back, and then like a week or two later, that's when like all of a sudden we went from one case in the county to 250. So, and then you know, then right. we right. we start freaking out. Yep. So, I was being interviewed by Wisconsin I, and one of the the questions that they had for all of the candidates was the budget forecast is two billion dollars or 2.2 billion dollars for Wisconsin. So that was in I'm going to say again August 2020. So here we are, two and a half years later. And yeah, we're at a now $7 billion budget surplus. That tells you, and, and this is why I found the GOP to be so frustrating and pathetic when it comes to lying about the economy. Has inflation affected all of us? Absolutely. Right? Prices are up, gas, eggs, food, whatever it is that you want to talk about. Absolutely. But the economy overall is doing ridiculously well. We bounced back from that so quickly. 16% unemployment at the peak. We're down to... to you know, here in Wisconsin, 3%, we were down to 2.8%. I think uh, the federal level was 3.5%, so I think what I just heard today. Again, we just had 2.6% GDP growth. So we have fully recovered and then some faster than any other previous crash. And we're back on pace for where we would have been if COVID had never happened. We're literally on the same trend line. So now when we take a look at this, this budget surplus that we've got here in Wisconsin, you know, I will agree with the GOP when it comes to, okay, let's let's review taxes. Absolutely. Because if we're at that point where we're bringing in 2 or $3 billion a year more than we need, okay, there's, there's 100% rationale for lowering taxes. But let's take advantage of the scenario where we've got it, take care of the things that need to be done, and look at things that will benefit us long-term. And so I always talk long-term. And, and you, you're absolutely right for calling me out because, you know, uh, doing student lunches is, or student you know, meals is not something that would fall into short term. But it's one of those things that is going to absolutely continue to benefit us long term. And I, my political philosophy, my personal philosophy is, is that that's what's important because that's what's going to generate growth down the road. That's what's going to reduce crime. That's what's going to create uh, additional opportunity. Uh, and the list goes on and on and on. 
if instead we've done, because Waukesha, uh, out here by me, did the same thing. They refused the federal money at first for kids, for, for, for kid, feeding kids. The federal money was giving them money, and they're like, nope, we don't think that, you know, kids should be fed. We think mm-hmm. that parents should have to be responsible. And I get the whole responsibility thing, but I, I think society has a, a bigger responsibility. And if we feed our kids and educate our kids, gee, we have less crime and we have less problems, and then we have, you know, more growth and we have fewer cops killing people, and life is good. What if we... If you talk about using this money for infrastructure, we got to go to a break. But instead of like the food mm-hmm. aspect of it, how about the lunchroom? Like we just get better, more efficient lunchrooms. We talk about all these buildings in La Crosse. They're they're we're eighty five million dollars in like building uh, like upgrades. Like we're behind eighty five million dollars. The buildings need to be fixed. I can't think of the term off the top of my head. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's probably every school district is in the same, and then every school district's going to referendum asking the public for more money. So I feel like that would be, all right, we got to take one more break. We'll come back and wrap up with Adam Murphy. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM 608-785-7914. Just going to wrap up here with Adam Murphy our failed U S Senate candidate for the Democrats. Also uh, a small business owner, uh, economics major and political science major, and then you're going for your master's in one of those two. I think economics. Yep. God, I don't even know. We 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 were talking about <laughs> we get we, the the show off the air is is interesting as a show on the air, and then the show this this break the show was completely different. Uh, we were talking about like public schools. I guess it wasn't so different, but yeah. When when you talk about uh, our seven. Point, now $7.1 billion budget surplus that we have. Minnesota's a $17 billion, Adam. And then I believe I read Michigan's is $9.3 billion. So it's not like we're unique here, but we are a little bit lower than these other two states. Um, you know, And you, you say we should use this money for maybe like infrastructure, one-time things. But, you know, using the money for fixing the roads, we still have to go back and fix the roads sometime later <laughs> or the next road over. So there's no perfect right, way to use this always- well, and that's why one of the things I had said is, you know, we've got amazing, at least here in, in Wisconsin, right, we have amazing education systems at the university system. The University of Wisconsin has its own uh, entity specifically designed for creating patents uh, and, and and working with and selling those patents. So uh, here's one of the things I'd love to see, and I think I've probably said this. Let's figure out a better concrete or a better asphalt, right? Let's take some of this opportunity that we've got put some of the best minds that we've got working in these environments, which would also benefit, you know, if we can figure it out and sell it to Minnesota, great. We'll bring some of that $17 billion surplus over here to Wisconsin. Right. Um, but what can, what can we do? And that's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always the debate. And, and you can call it uh, liberal versus conservative. You can call it pessimistic versus optimistic. You can call it short-term versus long-term. However it is that you want to look at it. When we have opportunities like this, where there has been growth, there has been, you know, revenue, there, uh, unemployment is low, right? We're not in a crisis scenario right now. Right? This isn't COVID. This isn't uh, 2015 uh, with the, the, the European crisis that affected a lot of the world. This is in 2007, 2008. This is the time to invest when, you, when you're making money, right? If, you, if, if you're an individual and you've got, you know, a, a financial advisor, they're going to tell you, you invest when you're making money. Uh, the old, you know, make hay while the sunshine. Well, we so what are the problems? What are the issues? What do we want to focus on so that we have fewer, you know, the maintenance problems that you're talking about for your lacrosse schools, eighty million dollars or whatever it is. Deferred maintenance—that's maintenance. the word. That's Deferred everywhere. maintenance. 
Um, yeah, all right, that's this, everywhere. We we so, we we make fun it. of your Maki being in the garage all the time. Your electric vehicle—that's a fake Mustang. Um, and I brought yep. this up to you. I think I brought this up to you. My brother and I were arguing, and he was bringing up the example that these electric vehicles. And we only got a minute. These electric vehicles are are a lot heavier than regular vehicles. I've finally seen a story about that. And when you talk about we need a better asphalt, well, if we're going to have all these EVs on the car or on the roads, we will need a better asphalt. So that yeah. will be maybe take some of this $7 billion and, and give it to some scientists to create a better asphalt. Remember a, a while ago, we, we were talking about like solar roads and they were ma- made of glass. And I just thought, yeah. well, wow, that's going to be slippery. <laughs> well, that's just it. The EV, you and I talked about it, uh, are ten, about 10% heavier for the same size. Tesla is finally... Uh, uh, starting to test their their electric semis, they're going to be heavier. Yeah. Um, so what do we do about it? Because we've got more and more transportation of goods happening all across the state and all across the country. I, I this is where I think I think it's the biggest problem for politicians, and this is where I want voters to think: is are your politicians thinking ahead? Most politicians are trying to hit you with what happened last year and what's going on right now, and they're not thinking ahead. And that's where our problems become the greatest, right? If, if you don't pay your bills for a while, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, deferred and there's interest and in everything else that goes along with it. Deferred it's maintenance. Yeah, that's Adam Murphy, uh, small business owner and our political blowhard. Thanks a lot, Adam. I appreciate it, Rick.